Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 335. Yeah. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 who fans? Welcome back to episode. Welcome back to another week of the Big Blue Box podcast. This is episode 335. I hope you're keeping well and safe. You've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor who, who related. related. Oh, <laughs> indeedy. Well, that's it, dude. Yep, goodbye. <laughs> that's it. Shut the door. <laughs> Let's go. Flux is done. Turn off the TV. Let's go. Let's get outside. It was like one of those things where the credits rolled and then the TV just did that weird thing where it flicks over and there's just snow on the screen and that. <laughs> that was it. It was very timely. No, not even an advert for class this week. I mean, oh, you know, missed opportunity. I was waiting again. for that. I thought I'll wait right to the end. No. Oh dear. <laughs> we have our review of the final chapter of Flux, of course, coming up later mm-hmm. in the in this episode. Not much news, again. We're just going to update you guys on the ratings and stuff. And I think we're going to stop doing that, dude, after this one, because mm-hmm. it's kind of pointless in a way when you think about it, just because of... I think the only thing that might that might be worth talking about in the future is if they carry on with this, which I'm sure they will, the, the appreciation index score and stuff like that, because that's more of a an insight into what people feel about the show, but because television viewing habits have changed and continue to change so much over the years and stuff, the overnights, they tip, they don't... I saw a few people tweet this, actually. I think our, our friend Martin, Bad bad Wilf Martin, mm. he was the first tweet I saw, and as soon as I read it, I was like, yes, dude, that's completely 
It's completely accurate. It's it, they just don't mean anything the overnights anymore. So many people like back in the day before catch up TV and before iPlayer and all that stuff. That was the metric that you went on. Like if your overnights were solid, then you were you were in for a good run, pretty much. But so many people are watching via streaming, via online. They're recording it on Sky or Virgin, whatever you've got, or watching it through catch up. It's just very diverse, you know. Nobody's it's although it is still kind of event TV, Doctor Who. The entire, you know, the millions of people don't all get ready at one time in their living mm. rooms to watch it at one point. So, I think we'll stop doing the old overnights and all that rating stuff. We'll talk about the AI index, but mm. I guess so. Yeah, I don't, it is kind of pointless unless they sort of drop to a a massive all time low. If we like sink around two million, we might want to mention it. But yeah, otherwise, like you said, it's it's kind of consistently around the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. three point whatever. Yeah. Three point whatever. Yeah, is the average. I think that's the official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's around there, three, three something. Just it'll be fine, three something. It's fine. <laughs> so, in terms of what we've been up to, I've had another. I'm going to get mine out of the way. I've, all I've done is I've read a couple more chapters of the long game book that I got delivered a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, yeah, you enjoying that? I am, dude. It's great. Yeah, I'm. I'm mm. not reading it as quickly as I'd like, but that's because in typical idiot fashion of mine i've got another book on the goes at the same oh, time so mills and boone what mills is it? And Bo- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it's not mills and boone it's the, the collins it's the novelization be? actually of episode one star wars but oh right um, okay so right. i'm reading through that at the same time so i'm a couple of chapters in so it's very good so as i said before i, I very highly recommend anybody picks that book up it's very good Already, there's there's a few things. I won't spoil it as, at the moment, but already there's a few things that were like, wow, didn't realise that was going on behind the scenes. So it's very cool. So that's all I've done, dude. But I know you've been out and about mm. doing some travelage again, Doctor Who-wise. Yeah, so I'm just adding that book to my Christmas list for Santa because uh, I know he I know he's going to read it. Uh, yes, I've been out and about uh, to another uh, cracking BFI event. Um, this time they were showing the City of Death, which is a, a great story. I think I was saying this um, before we went in. Perfect for like the BFI because you know, we, in in terms of watching it with the fellow Who fans, because we're all waiting. It's got so many moments in it, so many funny bits that you know when you're with a um, a group of people you're all laughing at the same time and you're all waiting for them to come up so we were all waiting for the john cleese moment of course and all that sort of thing um, and violent butlers and all that all those lines all those classic lines so it was a, another fantastic screen and a really good one to sort of finish up the year and obviously it's there to promote the season 17 box set which is coming out i think it's been delayed by a week isn't it i think it's out on the 20th now something Which is, like oh, that's, that yeah. oh it's very close to christmas very <laughs> close um so that's so that's uh yeah so that's coming out it was a great event and um it wasn't just me from the blue box there uh, we also had maria and jordan um two of our writing team were at this event i think it was jordan's first bfi as well so it's great to see those guys and um uh, i didn't get to chat to him as much as i'd like to because i did the quiz of rassilon straight after the uh screening um oh, cool Cool. And uh, and they always leave a little bit earlier than me, whereas I'm there till the very bitter end, uh, just <laughs> propping up the bar. Dragging uh, Adam out at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just literally. Um, Maria had the most awesome uh, coat on. She was, it was sort of like, you know, Romana's long jacket in um, Destiny of the Daleks, like yes. the, the yeah. flowing, it looks like the Doctor's outfit, but it's sort of like the 
female version of it. Uh, Maria had that on and uh, she was rocking that look. Um, so it was a great screening. City of Death was great. We got to see some extras from the new set, of course, which they always show. Um, weirdly, they showed us a few from Destiny of the Daleks, actually. Some of the extras they showed us were more related to that, which I thought was odd, but um, they were great. So we got some real treats coming up. But um, the highlight really was um, we got a special introduction from Tom Baker that um, was filmed uh, especially for that event. Oh, nice. Um, and it was uh, it was very short, but it was just uh, so it started with the Jagaroff spaceship sort of taken off and then Tom sort of materialized <laughs> into the picture. And uh, I think anyone who's seen Tom recently, like, will agree that he's he's got quite frail and thin mm-hmm. um, and the whole sort of. I don't know, two minute video was just him sort of um, taking the mickey out of his look in a way. He's like, he's like, oh, I know what you're thinking, but it happens to us all, you know, <laughs> and I'm looking at you and, and I can see it's already happened to some of you. So that, it was a really lovely video. And he was like, and enjoy the, you know, enjoy the show or whatever. And although Tom is starting to look frail, I mean, he's 80 odd. Um, I have to say in, in the extras we saw of him being interviewed for the new set, he may look a bit thin in the face and frail, but my God, that man is full of energy. So we were all saying this in the bar. I, I don't think we should write Tom off anytime soon because that man is just full of fire and he was, the enthusiasm that's pouring out of him in the interview clips that I saw um, was just amazing. So I can't wait for that set. And uh, as I said, it was a brilliant way to end off the, the, the year. Uh, Julian Glover was there as well uh, in person. And uh, they got him up on stage to do a bit of an interview. That was very interesting. He was really entertaining and funny. Obviously, he played Scaroff. And um, he was talking about, because he was in another Doctor Who, wasn't he, with William Hartnell? Was it The Crusade? or I can't remember. But he's in one of the early Doctor Who's with William Hartnell. And he was saying that they, they didn't get on at all. And right. I, I love it when you get an, act, an actor like Julian Glover. They're kind of the old school. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't try and dress it up and give you the everything is awesome you know, stuff that, you know, some people do. They just get up and tell it how it is, don't they? And I love that. He was very frank, very funny. And he just said, yeah, me and me and William Harnell didn't get on at all. He said, William hated me. He didn't like us. You know, he's in the corner of the room muttering, oh, they're awful and all this. He said, you know, he made no, he made no bones about it that he didn't, um, didn't particularly like him or some of the other cast. So that, that was quite interesting. And then, of course, he went on to talk about being a city of death and he clearly loves it. He, he says he thinks it's a brilliant production and, he loved working with Tom and Lala and he was talking about the fact they just got engaged. So they were quite loved up at the time mm-hmm. he said, but then of course the next day they might've had an argument. So it could be a little <laughs> bit <laughs> frosty, um, but he was a great guest to have and he did a signing afterwards and stuff. So yeah, it's really nice to have him in attendance and get a few little behind the scenes nuggets from him. So yeah, it was a really good day. mate. Yeah, really good. I, I mean, we'll get more box sets next year. And I say this every time, those BFI events are just the best. I mean, you you just, yeah, you get to meet all the Who fans that we chat to and stuff and and then watch Doctor on the big screen. I just, I just, I just think they're the best events. I love them. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get to chat more to Maria and Jordan if they go again. Because I was like, I was, I was desperate to just go to the bar with them and get drunk and just chat Doctor Who. <laughs> but because we got tickets to the quiz, I was like... I was like, oh, I'll try, I'll try and get, I don't know how long the quiz is going to be. I'll try and meet you guys after. But of course, the quiz went on for about an hour or so. So, But uh, yeah, we, we lost, by the way. We didn't come, <laughs> I don't know. We were sake. a disaster. We were a disaster in the quiz. Shameful it was. We, we didn't, I don't know where we came. <laughs> there was quite a lot of teams, but I, I don't even remember our name being read out. and there was beer (laughs) so you had like the picture around or whatever it was you know they give you an extra sheet with all these pictures on somebody knocked a pint over and it was you know beer soaked 
uh, <laughs> pages being handed in and what's your score? I think we were like 40, so I was a four, 46. It was like, oh, it was disastrous, but it was a fun day though. A really <laughs> fun day. <laughs> Oh, Let's try cool, and get dude. a blue box yeah. team together next time. I think we need a blue box team. Defo, yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeedy. Okay, that sounds really cool, dude. I'm glad that Tom still appears as if he's rocking and rolling, even if he because he does look a little bit, you know, he's right. You know, age will do that to all of us at some point, but at least he's still rocking and rolling and doing the big finish and and all that. So, oh gosh, yes, he loves yeah. big finish, doesn't he? Now, <laughs> now he does. Yeah, now he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff, dude. Nice one. And you're right, yeah, the uh, the box set's delayed until the 20th of December, so it's cutting it fine. Mm. The old crimbo, the old crimbo prezzy. Just enough time for Santa to, to get it and drop drop it down the chimney. Yeah, get his elves <laughs> wrapping it up and yeah, denting all the corners as it lands oh, on the no, floor. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to be away from the 19th. Oh, um, no. So I'm going to have to wait till I come back and, oh, God, imagine. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say as well, actually, I forgot to say, of course, Maria will do a, I'm sure, will do a write-up of the event. So I'm looking forward to, Maria always does great write-ups of these BFI events. So um, she'll go into a bit more detail about it. Um, I'm assuming she is. <laughs> I haven't, she probably will. I haven't asked yeah. her. Uh, but I'm, she normally does a, a fantastic write-up of these events, so I'm assuming she'll do one for our uh, the Blue Box website. So keep an eye out for that. Yes, yeah. Maria's like the Sarah Jane of <laughs> of the Big Blue Box. She's our journalist, you know, roving reporter. She always yes, does that. Yes, our yeah. roving reporter, yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay, cool. So... I've just realised um, what a great team, actually, her and Jordan make. They're like, they are. You've got Maria in a dot two coat. And Jordan, as well as the companion, just our roving reporters there, yeah, and me just at the bar, yeah. <laughs> letting the whole side down. But oh, yeah, don't God. worry, you've got Maria and Jordan there, it's all cool. <laughs> yeah, at least somebody from the team's bringing a bit of, you know, <laughs> a bit of dignity. Something back. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we crack on with the rest of the show, probably, you know, it's not full-on newsworthy, but just some figures, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. The last time we're going to do figures, I think. Uh, so the week before last, the um, Survivors of the Flux, Chapter 5, the consolidated figure for that one, so the seven mm-hmm. days after it uh, went out, the, the the total was 4.72 million for that. So uh, mm-hmm. just shy of 5 million, not too bad for the seven days. And it was the ninth most watched program on TV for the week and the 25th most watched program for just all of British television for the week, so not too bad. And then last week, the overnight for the Vanquishers, that was 3.58 million viewers, according to those. And that's a slight drop from the previous week, which was 3.82. Mm. And it was the, uh, for the day, it was the fifth most, fifth most watched programme on the day. So figures haven't shifted too much, really. I mean, they've been not in a really. very gradual decline according to the unofficial overnight figures that we've gone through each week. But in the main, you weren't far off, dude. It was three something. <laughs> it's always gone around 3.4, 3.5, 3.7, that kind of that kind of range. So It's, it's, yeah. it's stuck fairly steady, isn't it? I, I yeah. think I'm right in saying, was it series 11 or 12? I think, I think it was 11, I don't know, where li- literally week after week it just kept going down and down mm. and down quite dramatically. So I, I think I remember by the time we got to Rance, Korav, Kokos, whatever, it was really low and it was like the lowest final and the figures just literally consistently dropped. Whereas at least with this series, yeah, there's been little blips, little drops here and there, but it hasn't been the dramatic fall that we've had 
you know, in, in previous years. I don't think anyway, I'd have to, I'd have to have a look. Right. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's not too bad. Just, uh, just moving away from the figures and just before we crack on with the review, um, we got, a, we got a little teaser for the new festive special, uh, Eve of the Daleks. Um, I've only seen this a couple of times. So we got a very brief one at the end of the Vanquishers, really brief, literally seconds. But I have noticed on the TV, they've showed like a longer, probably 40-second trailer for this. Um, So it's it's cool. They're already ramping up the uh, promotion for it. And it looks pretty good. I mean, Daleks again. I mean, for goodness sake. I'm I'm torn on this because I quite like the fact that Chibnall's done a, a Dalek trilogy, if you like. He's done, so the last... You know, a couple of years, the specials have been Daleks. This is the third in his Dalek trilogy, which was rumoured ages ago, so that's turned out to be true. But it does, it does, I don't know. Uh, the Daleks <laughs> look cool, though. It's got a new gun, it's got this awesome-looking gun, and, the, you know, the very last scene in the trailer is, uh, I think it's the Doctor, Dan and Yaz, getting shot by a Dalek, I think. Mm-hmm. certainly looks like it. Um, but what do you reckon to the trailer? Is that getting you hyped for the special? Um, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to piece together the timeline uh, of where of where these Daleks are from, because if we go on the uh, we go on the flux thing, mm. the flux uh, took out all of the Daleks and the Cybermen at the end. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where these Daleks are from because from the trailer they look like other than um, other than the the Daleks rocking this new. Um, weapon they've got this new rifle laser rifle thing that they're rocking and rolling with other than that they look like just standard you know daleks that we've seen for a few years on on the show so i'm trying to wrap my head around that there must obviously be a completely rational oh no we'll just just forget it it. we'll just Um, forget it that story's done we won't mention it again we'll just they'll just be back they're just they're just back so the daleks are back then yeah it looks like they're trapped in some sort of time loop thing isn't it? Yes, they keep that's playing interesting. The same bit, yeah. yeah, which is interesting. So that's cool. Trapped. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a couple of cool people as well. So uh, I think I'm saying her name right. So uh, uh, Ashling B, I mm-hmm. think her name is written as Aisling, but I think it's pronounced Ashling. I think uh, oh, she's a neat. she's a very cool um, she's a very cool actress and uh, comedian. She's really funny. So mm. uh, she's cool, and yeah. So the old elf storage thing. So it's obviously very Christmassy focused and. <laughs> and all that yeah because i remember when you read me the synopsis and i thought it was a dreadful synopsis wasn't it something about an elf factory and we were like what but yeah now it's in the trailer okay yeah let's go with it hopefully it'll be good hopefully it'll be a good one so i think chibbers is really playing on this whole timey-wimey thing of late he's loving it yeah yeah he's he's really got a thing for the timey-wimey stuff all of a sudden hasn't he Mm. but i do like this new uh this new uh weapon this new arm that some of the daleks are rocking it sort of spins around it almost looks like the minigun that arnie uses in a couple of the old 80s and 90s action flicks but just a little mini laser version that the daleks are using so that's cool and i really love this um this thing that they're rocking with the tardis with all of the cracks and scratches over it and everything it's seems to be splintering somehow and stuff like that so be interesting to see what's going on with the tardis because it was never explained properly you know some of the scenes where it was dripping black goo everywhere and, i know and all yeah. that lot so i assume it was just done well because it was being overtaken by the angels and stuff but it wasn't kind it wasn't fully explained and stuff so something's obviously wrong with the tardis so it'd be a good explanation on that at least 
Yeah, I'll I'll get to that in the review because that that's really bugged me. That, <laughs> but I'll I'll come on to that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So there we go. Festive special Eve of the Daleks. They're going to have to come up with some. They're really going to have to get the the brains ticking over at the over at Bad Wolf. You know, mm. the dudes that are taken over from the BBC uh, when Russell takes over because there's so many of the Daleks stories. Oh, no. You know that we've had. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to have to just step away from that. I think. But this one doesn't start off an R. It's like so he did. What was it? The last couple have been Revolution, Resolution, and. And we thought, oh, what R word is he going to use this year? And he's gone with Eve. He's like, Eve, he's yeah. trying to, eh? Cheeky chibbers, throwing us off the scent. Cheeky, isn't he? Very cheeky. Yeah. Anyways, that's viewing figures and some chat on the trailer. Before we crack on with our review of the final chapter of Flux, remember to follow or subscribe to our show, whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on, so you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. You can do that by just doing a search for us in the app. Or if you head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, there are links and buttons there to take you off to do that stuff. Or you can listen to all of our brow- all of our episodes for free in the browser itself. So do that. And while you're there, we mentioned Maria and her cool write-ups and all that stuff. So make sure you check out the reviews and the opinion pieces and articles and all that stuff from our writing team. Very, very cool. Uh, so go and check that out. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, links on the website. Come and give us a like and a follow. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, mainly on Twitter and Instagram. So come and jump over there. And we have a free Discord server as well. So hop over there. It takes about 30 seconds to sign up. A very, very cool growing community of Who fans there. Really nice bunch of people. Come and chat all things around new Who, classic Who, merchandise, people's collections, big finish, um, events, the whole thing. It's uh, it's very cool. So come and mm. come and jump over there. And also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. Who is a, it is, of course. <laughs> a swig of my tea. Put your teeth in. Come on. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I've, there's loads. I'm just like, I've been <laughs> making this. I've been trying to get a new video out for weeks, but work's <laughs> been mad. <laughs> um, but there is loads of videos on there. Go and have a look. But there will be a new video if I ever get it finished before Christmas. <laughs> Every time I try and do it, I get called into work. It's just like, oh, so-and-so's phoning sick. I'm like, oh, right. I'll just stop editing this then and come to work. <laughs> so, yeah, but I will get a new video out soon. And I'm also on all the socials, so come and chat to me on there. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Indeedy, yes. Go but and not do TikTok. That. <laughs> not TikTok yet. No. Yeah, to go and do that. Adam's oh. channel, The Geek's Handbag. Yeah. And a super quick update for next week. So next week will be our final our final um, episode of the year because we're going to take a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year. So next week, um, it will be the final one and it will be a slightly different um, format. We're hoping anyway, we're hoping to draft in some of our writing team that we've already mentioned uh, so we can talk through uh, our opinions on Flux overall and Series 13 and have a chat and a chinwag and chew the fat on that stuff. So that's hopefully coming next week. Either way, next week will be our final, final episode of 2021. So... We'll keep you updated on that, so keep an eye on the socials for for that stuff. I'm so looking forward to that. I can't wait to hear what those guys, Mark, Maria, and that, and thought of the whole thing. It's going to yeah. be, yeah, I'm really looking forward to chewing the fat with those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, um, yeah, they all do, yeah. So Mark, Maria, Matt, Jordan, Harry, you know, Harry. they've all got, you know, they, they've, if you if you go over to the website and read their reviews and stuff, they're very, very in, 
much more intelligent than I <laughs> on putting reviews down and all that stuff. They they really know their stuff. So yeah, interested in their thoughts as well, dude. Mm. Be good. Right, this week our review is, dude. I can't believe this, can you? We're already at the end of the six episodes, so it has to be The Vanquishers. Peoples of the universe, the warriors of Sontar offer you hope. I am the head of human resistance against Sontaran occupation. And now we will ensure that the flux takes apart your entire universe. We have everything we need. You try to kill me right now. You have no escape. The doctor has no escape, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <A> unanimous. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> On that one. So the vanquishers then. Chapter six, the final one. You are right, dude. It's come around quick. It has. So that was first broadcast on the 5th of December. Very recently. It's much better than saying some of the old classic who that was done. That made me feel very old. Uh, so this was uh, very fresh. It was written by Chris Chibnall. It was directed by Azure Salim. Stars Jodie Mandip and John, as we've had throughout the entire series. With all the guests, with all the guests in uh, that we've also seen throughout the series. All the crews in it. Yeah. And the synopsis is, having taken control of Division's base in The Void and of the precious fob watch containing the memories stolen from the Doctor by Tectayun, Swarm and Azure stand poised to achieve their ultimate revenge. Meanwhile, mm. Santarans, working in conjunction with the Grand Serpent, have taken Earth once again as part of their gleeful scheme to exploit the Flux, to become the dominant species in the cosmos once and for all, surpassing even the Daleks and the Cybermen. With the help of Joseph Williamson and his tunnels through time, the Doctor's stranded companions must unite to vanquish the ultimate threats to life in the universe. That's a decent synopsis, that one. Mm, Much yeah. better than the festive special one, which was just, they're going to do stuff. <laughs> Something's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Something might happen. Anyway, chapter six, dude, hit me. Hit us all. Mm. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I haven't got any inkling what you made of this final and I, I don't think you'll have any inkling what I'm about to say because I haven't put a single thing anywhere or talked to anyone about this. Same, yeah. Um, yeah, but so I'm just going to cut to the chase <laughs> and just say uh, I thought it was a convoluted mess and I was really disappointed in it and uh, I'm going to try not to get too ranty about this one because I think <laughs> it was... Um, it was an okay watch if you like, but it was hugely unsatisfying, I thought, as a, as a final. And I think the worst thing about it for me was it was kind of exactly what I feared it would be. I, it was, it was right. just, I just thought, yes, it's exactly what I thought. It was scene after scene, cut, 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 a few funny little moments, a few nice little moments, but just everything just wrapped up. Well, no, not everything. Lots of things not wrapped up. But those things that were wrapped up kind of just done very quickly and had no consequence at all. And it wasn't exactly a big reset button, but um, it may as well have been, to be honest. It's just like there was no consequence to anything that's happened over the last six episodes. And, um, yeah, as I said, it's a, it's an okay watch if you just want to take it for what it is. But if you actually want to start looking at, you know, the threads that were interesting, the potential that we had for this series, if you really want to delve into it, um, 
those those threads went nowhere and it's it's such a shame you know we, there was so much in in flux in these six episodes that that got me excited you know swarm and azure were fantastic and were just taken out within seconds and i didn't even really understand why you got the grand serpent who i thought was a great character and we were theorizing that he could be this he could be the master he could be that turned out to be i don't know nothing just got trapped on a rock don't even know why he was doing what he was doing um Daleks and Cybermen and Sontarans were kind of all wiped out again. Like you said, we don't know what's happened to them. Like, you know, that once again, the Doctor has committed genocide. <laughs> so does that make her any better than them? It's just, I don't know. As I said, if you just if you don't think too hard about these things, I could just watch it and say, oh, it's all right. But, you know, watching it again. Um, and I watched this sober, by the way. For, I know my, <laughs> my friend, a friend of mine that's been having telling me off, and he's probably already switched off. Hello, Paul Burns. He, he, he tells me off every week for, for being negative about the show. And uh, he's like, you shouldn't watch it drunk. And he's quite right. And I purposely didn't watch this drunk. So I, I'm not that I'm always drunk, but I, it was on <laughs> the same day as the BFI. So I purposely did not watch this after getting back from the BFI. I waited until the following day. It was really hard because I had to stay off social media because I was worried about spoilers. So I watched this on the Monday, completely sober. And I'd avoided social media. And I don't know why, because as it turns out, there was no twists or, or spoilers or shocks anyway. And I think that's the other thing. I was expecting some big revelation. I was like, is the watch going to be opened? Are we going to find out all the Doctor's past lives? You know, that big build that we had. So I was, you know, all these things that sort of were built up to be something just fizzled out into nothing. And um, I was just left hugely frustrated and disappointed. And I thought it was horribly directed and edited as well. Like, what you know, if I had been watching this drunk, I would have been doing my nut. Uh, but, but even watching it sober, like the cut, cut, cut. And I'm, I'm not just talking about jumping from scene to scene. I mean, the jump cuts in between the dialogue. I, th I think it was trying to be like some cool modern style of filmmaking. You know, like I, a lot of series do this where... You know, like the doc I think they've done it in Doctor a few times, where the Doctor's saying something, but then they'll just cut, cut, cut. I think they did it a lot with Tennant, didn't they? The sort of, what, what, what? Mm -hmm. So they cut every time they say a word, and, oh, it was jumping around all over the place, and I was just like, oh, this is doing my head in, quite frankly. I, I Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll wrap up. I just didn't really enjoy it, and I, and I wanted to enjoy it, and there was the odd little moments here and there, but I found it hugely unsatisfying, and... Um, just a, a mess really and such a shame because this now impacts the whole series for me and we've we said it right from the start we've really enjoyed a lot of flux but obviously a lot of that depended on how it all played out and the final and because the final i think is incredibly weak um that's kind of like not ruined the series for me but it certainly made re-watching it less enjoyable like you know what i mean i was hoping i'd get to the end of this and think oh i can't wait to watch this from start to finish and 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 see it all unfold you know now we've got to the end of it now i'm just like oh I, i'm really not bothered at all which is exactly where i didn't want to be i wanted it to be like you know what flux had its problems but that was a good series and i can't wait to go back and watch it from start to finish that's where i wanted to be and I'm just like, I just couldn't care less. I, I probably will watch it again at some point. Well, I will, because we'll be talking about it hopefully next week. So I'll probably try and watch it before we discuss the whole thing. But uh, I certainly haven't got any inclination to go back and revisit it like I was hoping I would. So, yeah, sorry to be negative, but that's that's me. What about you? I feel you, dude. I just want to clarify as well, dear listener. 
that Adam is not indeed always drunk. No, not always. No, <laughs> no I'm not actually. I, jo- I'm, I joke about it, but I'm not. It's just that I've been to a lot of events recently where I've come back after a few drinks and watched Doctor Who. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not always drunk. drunk after the old, after an event, but <laughs> he's not just very, sat there smashed at home. Very drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have been to places to get drunk, not just sat at home constantly. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> just lobbing empty beer bottles or beer cans at the, <laughs> the TV, TV like Moffat style, Chindle. with his red wine and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. Well, you weren't very happy with this, mate, and no, I'm in the same boat with you, dude. It was the same. It was what exactly what we feared. Remember when we reviewed chapter one and we were like, actually, this is pretty badass. This is pretty sweet, mm. but we're going to have to see how this pans out because, and then as we got further through the series, we then went on to say that it feels like Chibbers is putting a lot into this whole story and every episode has got a lot going on. Mm. Is he going to be able to tie this up by episode six or chapter six, sorry, and give us a, a satisfying conclusion to what the flux is i mean we kind of got that done a few a couple of episodes ago anyway but what's going to happen to the flux two of his best characters he's ever created and ever written for uh, swarm and azure what's gonna you know who are they where did they come from how are they going to be defeated they're really giving the doctor some trouble this is not just a flash of the sonic you know i've defeated them see you later it's ended up being worse than that and then we had uh the whole vinder and bell thing it turns out that that literally was just the story just two people looking for each other and found each other and that was it job done thanks for that no <laughs> and then the whole fob watch thing and the, so we did say yeah i think we said in the last couple of weeks that there's absolutely going to be a lot of carryover into the specials that happen next year so we got two specials that are leading up to we assume a regeneration from mm. jody into another doctor unless they do some kind of some kind of james bond thing uh maybe i don't know but um yeah i think james bond's been out long enough now there should be no spoilers for that the whole daniel craig thing oh yes right i'm with you yeah, do you see yeah, what yeah. i mean so there yeah, yeah, yes, shouldn't be yes. any spot yeah it's been out long enough now um so it's it's a really just disappointing end to the series dude i think that's the biggest word that's just knocking around my head i've watched it twice and after the second time i thought nope no better it's just uh um in a way i would have preferred them to for dan to trip and fall onto the giant reset button i think i would have preferred Mm -hmm. that to what we actually got because um you you could see that they were scrambling. And I think um, you can see that they were scrambling towards the end to try and wrap some of this stuff up. And I truly yeah. feel like the the pandemic and how it's affected everybody trying to make the show and have had to cut down the number of episodes, I really think that's had a big impact. Massive. Because I think if we had this over, even just another two episodes, over eight episodes, not even the usual 10 or 11, whatever, I think just another two episodes and they could have slowed things down a bit because it was non-stop through most of the episodes and in a way that's okay that's not the end of the world because you know you're never going to be bored watching flux that's for sure you're not you're never going to be reaching for your phone because you look away for 10 seconds you've missed something and that's it you know it's game over but a detriment to 
having a, a satisfying conclusion to the series it's just made it really difficult it's really tough to then I think the biggest disappointment there are there are a couple of good things we'll get on to but I think the, the biggest disappointment for me was Swarm and Azure mm. so uh, they want to enact this ultimate revenge on the Doctor because it turns out that while she was working with Division it was her you know we had that flashback with the um, the other Doctor um, Joe Martin's Doctor yeah. you know we had that flashback scene where they went and captured Swarm and Azura and they imprisoned them on that asteroid or that planet whatever mm. so they want to enact this big revenge and they almost do it so they do this thing where they start to uh, the Doctor starts to literally disintegrate you know and then they put her back together and then the idea is that it's going to be an endless loop of torture they're going to like you know, disintegrate the Doctor to a certain point where she thinks she's going to die, then they're going to put her back together and just do that over and over again as revenge. Um, But in order to do that, they need to free time itself. So, you know, those little blue little specks that we said were done very poorly in the CGI? So apparently that was time. That is time itself actually doing things. And time, you know, they were going to free time from from Atropos and, and all that stuff. And in the end, it was just... Well, the flux was meant to do that, wipe out this universe so I could be free, but you failed, so you're dead. And that was it. It all happened literally within 10 seconds. Those Mm. those two amazing characters who have been written so well up to now and the performances from the actors playing those characters as well have been so good. They were brilliant, yeah. So good. Sam Spruill, who played Swarm, is just so, like, much better than some of the masters performances for me in the last couple mm. of years just so threatening and badass mm. and all the rest of it um and uh so time is miffed because it can't be freed because the flux hasn't done its job so like because it manifests itself as another version of swarm doesn't it yeah so there's another yeah. swarm and i didn't get that at first i, I didn't know what the hell was going on yeah I didn't second, yeah. yeah 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 second time so time is miffed and it's like well the the flux has failed so you failed in a way. So snap of the old fingers, you're done. And then it turns into the Doctor. And that was the only good bit of it, really. It was saying, it was almost like the David Tennant era where he was warned about his regeneration is coming up. Yeah. So it was that kind of foreboding, like, you know. Your time is coming to an time, end. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was cool. And then, and then that was done. And then the rest of it, all these just little pockets of story, like the Bell and Vinda thing. I honestly thought we were going to get an insight into who the, like, could the baby have been someone significant? We thought it might have been even the Doctor at some point. Yeah. Before the whole timeless child thing with Tech Tayoon, that, you know, that was, or somebody else significant, you know, to tie those two characters in. But no, it was literally just a random guy who was on a space station and a random woman who was, you know, trying to find him. And because of the whole flux wiping out the universe they want to find each other before that happens and that's it they just did <laughs> there was no <laughs> yeah there was no thing and then escaping the passenger thing it was just oh we just have to shoot the gun at a certain time and then we just run up the steps and then we're out what about <laughs> all the other people in passenger as well were they all just killed by the flux they would have yeah because the because passenger absorbs the flux energy, doesn't it? Millions of people, wasn't they supposed to be in that? Supposedly. I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know because it, apparently it's a, it's an infinite loop of realities that you're 
that are inside passenger like it's like it, it, it creates an infinite number of mm. of uh, spaces inside so the flux yeah. would have gone into one of them and then all the i don't know but so essentially that's a ticking time bomb though because if that passenger character ever gets found in the future and somebody opens him up or you know he gets whatever the flux is going to come back again yeah oh not the flux again exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and then dude the whole thing with the fob watch Oh, no. That that to me was so as Yorman swore were well, the most disappointing thing. Second most disappointing thing was this whole non-commitment. There's just no commitment from chippers anymore. It's like yes. you either go full into it and you commit and you're like, right, this is the memories of the doctor. We're gonna get a really good insight and that's gonna play into the specials that are coming up next year and everything. But no. The doctor somehow, even though she's been bitching about it for so long, she all of a sudden she's like I don't want to know anymore. So all of those, all of those bloody scenes that we had with Yaz nagging at her, like, mm. what are you trying to find here? What's going on? You're keeping secrets. And the doctor's like, I, I don't want to tell you, blah, 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 but I'm trying to find out history about myself. I'm desperate to find out. She has it in the palm of her hand, and all of a sudden, at snap of her fingers, I'm not interested anymore. I just don't want to know. But then he's even more less commitment uh, committal when he's like, right, I'm going to have the doctor hide this in the TARDIS. But then he's even less committed after that by saying, actually, uh, you know, TARDIS, hide this in the deepest depths of whatever this is, but with the caveat that when I ask for it, <laughs> I want you to... St- unless I really need it. Unless I- the thing is, you see... Do you know I mean, what I actually the- do? Sorry to cut across you. Yeah, go on. When the Doctor delivered that line, that was me done watching the second watch-through. Really? I just you didn't see. want to watch the last few minutes. I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. I found it very hard to watch this a second time. I not because of all the frustration, but because I genuinely was quite bored by it. I was just thinking this. Just the, the whole direction the episode took just frustrated me so much that I, I genuinely found it quite hard to, to to get through this a second time. This is what I mean about not revisiting the whole series. And I think you're right. It, it's buckled under the fact it's um, been cut to six episodes. That's that's painfully obvious. You know, I said about the cart trying to make it to the finish line before the wheels <laughs> fell off. The, the wheels didn't just fall off. The cart fell off the, the, the edge of the cliff. I mean, it just just completely <laughs> uh, got obliterated. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't know why Chibnall did it to himself, because why throw in all that stuff? And there is some great stuff, you know? I, I really liked Belle as a character, and I, and I quite liked Vinda by the end of it. But why, why do this to yourself, Chibnall? Why throw in all this stuff and put yourself under all this pressure to include these characters if they're going to be so insignificant by the end of it and i do think it's like you said maybe because it was you know only six episodes and i believe i'm not sure when this changed but i think originally there was going to be eight i don't know and i'm not sure how much of this is going to carry over to the specials either because i get the feeling that most of the stuff that we're talking about, like the Grand Serpent and the things we would have liked explained and Azure and Swarm and all the stuff we like, I get the feeling that that's not going to carry over. Um, And I could be wrong. I think the only thing that really might carry over into the specials we're going to get next year is going to be the Fob Watch possibly coming back in Jodie's last episode, something to do with the regeneration. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't think, I don't get the feeling that Chibnall's going to leave it there. You know, I think he's just dangling that watch in front of us like a carrot. It's just going to be left teasing us. And I, I get a feeling that will at some point be explained, I think. But 
or I don't know, but or is he just going to leave it as something that if another writer wants to pick it up, they can because it's in the heart of the TARDIS? I don't know. Not too sure where yeah, that's going, really. I, I, I I'm really not sure do. if I want it to be picked up either because although it intrigues me and although I love the idea of like this crazy old horrible looking haunted house having all these memories in it, I like that idea, but I really really don't like the idea of all these lives that the doctor's supposed to have led that she doesn't know about. I mean, there was a bit where she she talked to Carvanista who said, oh, I was your companion and you don't even remember and all this stuff. And so that's playing into the whole lives that we don't know about as well, mm. isn't it, I assume. So I'm very conflicted on that because I, like, I don't like this whole storyline anyway, but I quite like the concept of it, if that makes sense. Like if it wasn't the doctor, I think I'd be quite into that story. Like this these lives that someone doesn't know about and this creepy house, if they walk into it, it's all in there for them to discover. I like that concept. I just don't like the fact it applies to the Doctor. It's like, no, I don't want this backstory for the Doctor. It just, I just don't like like it being about the Doctor, basically. But, yeah, but I like I the whole you. idea of it, if you know what I mean. I like the concept. Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a couple of things that, in terms of setting up a potential story in the future, were not too mm. bad. Um, but it's just, I mean, if I was Russell now, I'd be like, for sake, mm. Un- unless Chippers really has got a plan to wrap this all up in the couple of specials. I don't think anything's going to happen in the festive special, either the Daleks. I think that's an isolated story. I get the feeling it will be. Yeah. We might get a little bit at the end, like the final couple of minutes. There might be some thing. I-, I personally think the Grand Serpent's going to carry over into the specials i don't think he's done i kind of hope not though because i quite like his character you know I, th- I think he's played quite well so i wouldn't mind if we saw a bit more of him yeah that'd be okay i think that's just yeah. too because it's kind of weird how the- he was wrapped up as well because very weird not only yeah. do we not know anything about who he is why he created unit or did what- he create unit i mean what was the whole thing with unit about kind of yeah he did yeah why was he doing all that i think that was because when the Centaurans were doing their their plans to invade and all that kind of stuff, he could sort of, you know, hide it under the radar sort of thing. Mm. Because um, Kate Stewart says a couple of times that she's the the human resistance leader for the Centauran invasion kind of thing. So I think he was just there to make sure that the Centauran invasion went smoothly, mm. that they could properly overtake, sorry, overthrow, you know, the planet and stuff like that. If unit was rocking on all cylinders, this wouldn't have happened on... On the Briggs watch, let's be honest. No way. So no. he was there, I think, to divert any anything away from units' eyes and, and ears and stuff. But but we don't know why he's doing it, though. We don't know why he's in cahoots. He doesn't. We don't know why he's keen for the Centaurans to take over anyway. Mm. He just seems to be in cahoots with them, and he doesn't seem to like them either, which is weird. He doesn't. I don't know what his motive. No, that's is. right. There's a bit of a. Uh... Yeah. friction between them anyway yeah yeah so he's stuck on this asteroid right mm. weirdly with some kind of atmosphere so that's strange yeah, that in was, itself that's weird wasn't it must be the same as that that uh, space rider that uh, 11 and clara rode in uh, rings of akatan it's just got a magic uh, <laughs> air capsule around it oh, somehow. yeah, yeah. Uh, t- talking to unit what did you think of kate stewart i mean she did absolutely bugger oh, all dude i mean she she may as well have not been in it is it really it's just another casualty of the stripping us down to six i mean yes, we could have had a whole episode yeah. dude. if we had i don't want to hark on about it but if we had eight episodes 
We could have had an entire episode with Kate Stewart, pretty much. It could have been one of those lovely Dr. Light episodes where it's all about unit and, you know, maybe Yaz and Dan are in it, but the Doctor's off. Osgood, I was really hoping we or might Osgood, get her yeah. back, for, even for a scene. Yeah, yeah. That she got mentioned, awesome. which is nice. Yeah, because she's still knocking about because uh, Kate Stewart phones her, doesn't she? I'm going dark. I'm going dark, yeah. Sort of thing, yeah. So that would have been that would have been good. But yeah, she's just in the tunnels saying to people, yeah, that door, Lurking that around. Yeah, and she. The thing is, we're saying yeah. this would have improved with eight episodes. I there is part of me that that thinks some things would have been improved, but you know, I'm not sure if it would have improved the overall story because it wouldn't. I think no. that's the thing. That's isn't it? That's the thing. The overall story, the structure of it, doesn't hold up. Like there are great moments, there are good episodes, there are good bits, but the overall story just isn't strong enough, and it doesn't doesn't work particularly well so even if mm. we had had two more episodes i think we would have got more nice scenes but i don't think it would have um made a lot of difference so just to quickly point to go to the point you made about azure and swarm two brilliant characters that chibnall's come up with absolutely fantastic and brilliant performances but it's as if he created them but then he didn't really know what to do with them so we got a couple of great scenes they were brilliant early on mm. really sort of like evil and venomous and oh wow these guys mean business but by the by the time we get to episode six what did they really do more walking around more talking they didn't do anything so i don't know mm. if we actually would have benefited from another two episodes in some respects i think we would have just got more and more thrown in i think we would have done in terms of allowing it to breathe uh, well, a bit, i suppose yeah from from in my opinion it would have been better to have wrapped a couple of things up prior to the last episode. So by having yeah. another couple of episodes, we could have already been done with the whole Bell and Vinda thing. We could have been done with the the unit thing. And then that leaves the final episode or the final two episodes as the big showdown with Swarm and Azure. And that's it. They should have been the big, big that, yeah. showdown, I think. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Because they were almost... They were almost written to be that anyway. They were always mm. going to be, because like we've mentioned loads of times, they really were a good threatening... You know, if a lot of episodes were like, well, they were no threat anyway. You know, they were you know, fairly good monster or alien, but they were never going to defeat the Doctor. No. I honestly thought that these two were going to give the Doctor so much trouble and really really just bring her to her knees to the point where she's almost about to die and regenerate whatever. Hmm. But you know, then it comes back to that really cool concept that the doctor's always got a plan, but they pushed her to the absolute limit where that plan almost never came off. That could have been your final episode and made much more of those characters. But the fact that it, it was, it's like the rise of Skywalker. Anyone that's seen that, they tried to rush so many things into that final film. You ended up trying mm. to tie up loads of different things and it ended up just being a mess in the end. It was just, yeah, it, so many things were were competing with each other. This was exactly the same thing. You get to the final point and it's like white jibbers. You've written so much stuff and you've tried to cram in so much stuff. How are you going to... We don't expect everything to be tied up in a nice little bow, but how are you at least going to tie up some of the threads that can't carry over or shouldn't carry over, should I say? Mm. And um, so that's just a casualty of time, excuse the pun. So I think, yeah, by having a couple of episodes, it would have dived into unit a bit more, into the Grand Serpent a bit more, tied up a few things, and then you're on to your, your, your big showdown with the main baddies. Uh, 
which the, turned the out sh- to be time itself anyway, which was just rushed at the end, right? Yeah, I was going to say the showdown would have been great if it had been between uh, Swarm and Azure. I think that's the thing. I mean, Sontarans, yeah, it made for a good bit of, you know, action on screen, but it wasn't, yeah, I, was, I don't know. I, I just felt like, yeah, you throw in the Sontarans, you throw in the Cybermen are back, two of them. <laughs> just two in a spaceship, but I know it's supposed to be like billions of them or whatever, but a uh, couple of Daleks, but it's, it's kind of thrown in there just for the sake of it, isn't it? it did, I didn't feel anything for any of that. Um, the Sontarans, I probably came off the best, I suppose, in, in the sense that I quite like the fact that they managed to get a fine line between being a bit comedic, but then they had a threat level and there was, you know, they weren't afraid to take out stuff but then there was that scene in the sweet shop which i was just absolutely like thought <laughs> i thought we drifted the into chocolate. some sort of children in need sketch i was like is this a deleted <laughs> scene that's accidentally been left in i the thing is uh, the, on a, uh, the first time i watched it i was just cringing thinking what is going on with this sontaran in the sweet shop and then somebody in one of the chats i in said um oh kids would have loved that and i thought hmm okay Maybe I'm just a bit of a grumpy old so-and-so. Maybe if I was a kid, I would have loved that. So on the second time, I did let it off. And it, it, it it's okay. It's kind of funny, but it was so random, wasn't it? That Sontaran just munching chocolate. I don't know what that... I don't know. That <laughs> it was, was just, hilarious, wasn't it? it, was, it was, um... Yeah, I was going to say, I was a lot more forgiving the second time. And I thought, oh, actually, it's kind of fun. But it just threw me off so much when it first came on the screen. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> of all the week... Of all the week... Achilles heels that the Centaurans could have. Chocolate. Chocolate I mean, I can relate to it yeah. hugely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that was, it was nice. I liked all the shots of Liverpool with the Centaurans in and stuff. You know, it's good to see them. I always love it when we see monsters on location, uh, even if it is um, poor CGI in places. But it's good to see them, you know, on mm. the streets of Liverpool, I thought, with the Beatles statues and stuff. I think overall the, the Centaurans did come off quite well because... They did, it's yeah. It's the first time in a few years where... They've actually lived up to what their 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 main objective as a you know as a species and stuff as they're known for. It's that whole we just want to be at war with everybody in in the universe. That's mm. what they're made for, you know. So that was kind of cool that they're constant pushing to to be at war with Earth and take over Earth and take out the Daleks and the Cybermen, all that stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think you're right. They did come off probably the best out of the big three, if you like, out of those those three um between the Daleks and the Cybermen and, and the Cy- and the Centaurans. But that whole the whole there seems to be a trend, doesn't it, with Chibbers that we're seeing now, because when we had that previous episode, when they went back to the Crimean War, mm. that was all wrapped up rather quickly at the end. It was like the the Centaurans were really threatening and they were really And then they went to sleep causing and got trouble. blown up. <laughs> yeah. So there was that heartbreaking scene actually when the I can't remember the character's name, but the the British uh, Colonel is like the general. The general, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he knows that all of his troops are going to be wiped out, but he sends them mm. to battle anyway. And then right at the end of the episode, the Doctor's you know in the, the the really rare time where she's given us exposition, she's like, mm. "Well, the Centaurans, didn't you know? They have this thing where blah 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 blah." And then in the final five minutes, they do that. And yeah. the same thing happened here. It's like um, you go all through the episode and they look really, you know, yeah, the Sontarans are going to win. This is going to be pretty badass. And then at the end, it's like, hmm, what can we do? 
got three and a half minutes left in this scene. How are we gonna <laughs> how are we gonna defeat the Santarans in this bit? Mm. Oh yeah. Let's just do that. Let's mm. just bring let's just put the shield behind the fleet instead of in front of it. Brilliant. You know? Yeah. I'd get a trend. Say, Another casualty of time or budget or whatever, yeah. I don't know, to do with the Sontarans was... So they killed off all the Lapari, didn't they? And we get the old... Oh. You know, poor old Carbonista does his little dog-wolf whistle. Um, but that was all off-screen. So it kind of went over my head on the first watch, if you like. I was like, oh, yeah, hang on. They're, so they've all been killed. Uh, so that... But it was weird that we didn't sort of see it. It was all... You know, it didn't have much impact, I think is what I'm trying to say, because it was all done off off screen. But that, again, could be a casualty of time or, or budget. I don't know. Dude, um, what did you think about... This is another example uh, for me of Chibber's not committing fully as well. Mm. Have that lovely scene between Carvinista and the Doctor. Oh, when f- they're in the cell? Yeah, where the, we finally yeah, yeah. find out why he's been a bit um, off. off with her. Mm. And it turns out that in the previous incarnation, whatever, it turns out that he was one of the Doctor's companions. And, yeah. And he's actually really still cut up about it a little bit because he's like, there was one point where I would have died for you. I would have done anything mm. for you and stuff like that. So then we want to find out more, but no. The Chibbers has to write in this get-out clause. It's like, they've put a chip in my head that if I talk about it, oh, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> Another time, I'm like, for I'm going. I'm. Tr- I'm really trying hard not to swear on this episode. But there was another time on the second rewatch, especially. I'm like, I'm literally shouting at the TV, dude. I'm not even joking. I'm like, for beep's sake, why are you not committing to any? It's like he's locking everything away. For it's like, dude, you've been fired already. You've got two episodes left. What? What are you holding back all of this stuff for? This is meant to yeah. be your swan song, like series thirteen. You yourself advertised it as this epic adventure, and that you've hidden it all away. And even when we're in the finale, the last episode, it's like, oh, wicked! There's this amazing thing. We're going to get a little story here. Oh no, they've put a chip in my head, so I literally can't talk about it. Otherwise, they're going to blow my head up, <laughs> dude. I, I've just, it's only just the, the penny has dropped as well because someone tweeted me and said, Oh, I bet you loved the Blake Seven reference in this week. So I'm like, What, what, what Blake Seven? And even on the second watch, I've not understood. And I think I finally get it. It's this because there's a, one of the Blake Seven characters has a chip in their head that limits them and stops them being violent. I'm guessing that's what they were talking about. And I've only just twigged that. But yeah, I mean, I know, I know what you mean. And the thing is, again, this is where I'm conflicted because I don't like this whole storyline of the Doctor having all these lives and whatever. It's, oh. But I love the thought of the Doctor and Carvanista being on adventures together. I think, oh, I can imagine that. I bet that would be, I would actually quite like to see that series, you know, even with Jodie, who, who most of the time drives me nuts. I think actually I, I can imagine her and Carvinista um, going on adventures together. And I quite like that idea. And I, I didn't see that coming. So I quite like that bit of writing, but yeah, it just, yeah, no, it's like he puts it, he throws the grenade, but then he quickly puts the pin in. So it doesn't go off. <laughs> we needed it as well. Yeah. In this final episode, I, I honestly thought that, like you said, mentioned earlier at the beginning, we were going to get some kind of revelation. There would be like, maybe a, an old character would pop up and help the Doctor out, or there'd be some old storyline that reared its head and that kind of thing. But it was just all in this little bubble of 
the timeless child thing. And that's another thing as well. The same things happen. Dude, we've got to talk about something we did like in a minute. But the same thing happened. (laughs) There isn't much on my sheet. I'm going to be honest. There isn't much on my sheet I did like. But go on. Jump at the end of series 12. The whole timeless child thing dropped. Turns Mm. out the master was telling the truth. And that was a massive thing for Doctor Who. Yeah. We know it's massive because it broke the internet afterwards. (laughs) with everybody complaining or saying how good it was, whichever side of the fence you fell on. But in essence, it was a very big change to the show's history and the canon for the character and everything like that. And then it just went away. They they dropped the bomb. And then with the festive special, it was like, so that massive thing that you dropped before, going to talk about that at all? Nope. Well, the, the doctor even said, oh, I, I don't need to know. My past doesn't make me who I am and all that. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She does a she few one eight, isn't she? Yeah. And yeah. then same things happened. If you look at the trailer for the festive special, it's almost like flux didn't happen. Hmm. Almost like all of those big things that the doctor now knows about herself. She's like, at, at, at the end, she's all chipper. All right, Dan, do you want to join us? Yeah, I know. That's the other thing. And actually, I've got it. The, the guys on the, the Dot Two Show podcast, which I was listening to yesterday, uh, pointed this out. You know, that's the other thing. Millions and trillions of people died. Yes. Yeah. And, and she's I know all it's television. Yeah. And these, these, these guys said it as well. But I know it's television and we've, we've got to wrap it up and we can't end on a, a downer. But it's like millions of people died and it's just like, okay, where, what, let's, what should we do? Let's, where should we go now? And they're all, everyone's jolly and happy and they all get, come on, Dan. You know, you've been dumped by whatever her name is. Die. Get in the yeah. TARDIS. Yeah, get in the TARDIS and let's go. More adventures, more killing, more death. Come on, <laughs> it's great fun. Get in the TARDIS. Um, so that was, yeah, that was another thing. But th- this, you were saying about the, the twist and surprise. I mean, I was expecting Ruth Doctor to pop up. I thought, come on, she's made a little cameo. She's going to pop up, isn't she, in the final? No. There was no, there was no, I would have liked something. I would have liked, Yeah. I would have liked a little twist or surprise or something. Because as I said, I avoided the internet for nearly 24 hours. Well, I avoided Twitter, basically, Mm -hmm. for 24 hours. Because I thought, oh no, I mustn't look until I've watched it. Because there's, there's bound to be some big reveal or surprise or a returning character or something. I mustn't, don't want it ruined. And uh, I needn't have worried because there wasn't anything at all, really. Not really. And also, um, another letdown. Sorry, guys. Go on. Another letdown was the um, was the <laughs> Joseph Williamson and the Williamson Tunnels. It turns out that he just accidentally... <laughs> it turns out he just stumbled upon some kind of fragment in time when he was digging the tunnels. And the only thing that he's been doing throughout the series is just legging through these tunnels. Trying to fi- trying to find um, trying to uh, uh, I don't I can't even remember what his purpose for doing that was. But no, the, the reason why Dan ran into him so many times across time, and Dan scratching his head like, "What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be doing it." Um, yeah, he, he's just been cataloging all these different gates and tunnels, mm. um, so that he can uh, he can run through time, and then at the end, he literally gets dismissed like a little schoolboy. Yeah. The doctor's like, you've done brilliantly. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind buggering off now, the rest of the finale is for us lot. 
we don't yeah we don't need you anymore you you've your exposition <laughs> is done and and that's another thing his Come character on. completely changed and, and the guys on the dot two show podcast pointed this out but i thought exactly the same thing up until this point he's been like ranty and shouty and quite funny and i've quite liked him it's like a different performance this week. He was like, okay, well, thank you. So he was all polite and well, I'll be off now. And, and I'm like, hang on, what's happened to him? Yeah. Like, was it, um, I don't know what happened there. I just thought it was really strange. But, but that just ended up being way too convenient though, because you were kind of scratching your head in the same way that Dan was. Yeah. Every time he ran into him or that, that character popped up and he was really shouty and ranty, wasn't he? And, yeah, I thought he was quite funny at times. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then at the end, it's almost like... I'm done now. I'll get my coat. But also, you know this, this concept of the Doctor's been split in three ways across oh, three yes. different times, right? Yeah. We need... So we ne- Here we go. <laughs> so the Doctor's been split into three versions of herself. She's trapped in um, on the Division ship with Azure and Swarm. She's also back on the Lepari ship with Carvanista and Bell. And she's also with Yaz and Dan and Mm. Kate Stewart and all those guys. Chibbers is looking at his notes. He's thinking, right, I've split the Doctor three ways across these three different time periods. We need something for for our heroes. We need some kind of... some kind of series of tunnels that enable them to go through these different time periods. What What is there that's been there? There must be something I can write. Ah, oh, this dude. This dude who's been popping up through time throughout the whole series. He's been digging these tunnels. <laughs> oh, this is not as easy as this, is it? I haven't put two and two together and come up with four. No, this can't be easy. Sandra, come in here a second. I'm just floating this idea by you. I've accidentally... Uh, no, it's all right. I've done it. I've done it. It's Who's Sandra? Good. Just his PA or somebody. Oh, I thought it was his wife. Sanj, <laughs> when you're making the tea, love, come here. Ooh. I've got I've got this brilliant concept for you. This doesn't work. It does work out. It does. Lovely. Check mark next to that. It just, <laughs> it's too convenient, dude. It's yeah. way too convenient. And you, you can argue that, yes, that was set up from the beginning, that this Joseph Williamson character was going to come to fruition and be an aid to them via these series of tunnels. But it's almost like he retrofitted that into the finale. It's like, how do you, without the TARDIS, how do you get these characters across time? Mm. Ah, the shouty dude that no longer shouts. <laughs> yeah, the show did no longer show. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing as well. I mean the, the split, the three, the three Jodies. I mean my idea of hell, to be honest. But if you like Jodie's Doctor, I think you would have found those scenes really fun. Like when she's like being all quirky, talking to herself. So I'm sure there were lots of people out there who liked that episode who will have switched off this podcast ages ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, will have, will have really enjoyed that. Uh, I was finding it it's like torture. <laughs> Although actually, to be fair, I will say Jodie wasn't wasn't bad in this episode by any means um the thing is it's weird you know my favorite scene with jodie in this episode is the one minute scene where she's got the dark coat on why can't she just play it like that it's like the serious like your time is coming and she's really i just i really like her when she's playing the doctor like that Mm. very serious and very to the point and and then you've got the then they switch to the you know the doctor that we've got and she's like 
my time's end. It's all she's all giggling. Oh God! But yeah, I'm sure there were people that would have would have loved all the you know the, the Jody sort of splitting into three splinters and stuff. I'm just glad it didn't go on any longer than it it did. Uh, to be honest, I think that that joke could have got thin yeah. very quickly. I like the fact she saved herself. That was pretty cool. You know the the fact she turns up and saves herself from the serpent was was kind of fun. I guess. Yeah, that was yeah that was. To be fair, to be fair to Jodie, she has had a good series. I would say I've enjoyed watching her more than series eleven and twelve. Put it that way. She's not had a bad series, and some of her performances have been okay. Yeah. The problem is, though, I, I still 100% agree with what you said. I can't remember what episode it was like in the last, since we've been doing Flux, hmm. is that she has these moments where she's good, but you always know what you're going to get. She's very yeah. predictable. So even exactly. when those scenes where she should be kicking off and going mad and really going for it, she kind of just does this thing where she almost goes inward. That must just be the way she wants to play the character. But instead of being very raw, you know, and... Uh, extroverted in her performance she almost goes introverted and she almost recedes and you know her voice lowers a bit and you can tell that maybe naturally when she's having a ruck when jody's having a ruck with her husband or something that's what she does instead mm. of going shouty <laughs> she just goes more like oh yeah oh yeah go on keep pushing you know, she's, like, <laughs> she's more probably that kind of person i don't know we don't know jody uh, mm. personally of course um but it just yeah it, it's like those moments where it should be like wow it, it's very predictable so um but she did have a few good scenes though i will give her yeah that. she was okay i mean that's the thing there's no there's never any well moment for me with jody she she really does strike me as she just goes on to autopilot and plays the doctor the same uh, pretty much week in week out and the thing is she had started to win me over i think there were signs of um because this is the thing, I've said this a billion times, I so want to love Jodie's Doctor. I really do. I mean, God, I bought so much blimmin' merch bef- when she was announced before seeing her on screen. You know, I have no problem with, you know, with the character of the Doctor being played by a woman or anything like that. I don't even know why I have to say that, you know what I mean? But you do. Uh, I so want to love Jodie's Doctor. but And she, she does have moments when she wins me over, but then it quickly goes out the window for me. I just find her irritating. But as I've said a, a, a million times before... Everyone, there will be people that love Jodie's Doctor and love these moments and find her quirkiness fun. So it's just a personal thing in terms of taste. It's just she just doesn't appeal to me as a Doctor. But she she wasn't bad in this one, and she got some nice little moments and stuff. But yeah, I would have just loved to see her and her playing it more like the the dark coat Doctor. She even said, didn't she? Oh, I like that coat. I was thinking, yeah, take it, <laughs> take the coat. Yeah. It looks so much better in the dark. It's a bit like the dark jacket on the seventh Doctor, isn't it? I don't know. It just yeah prefer the darker side of the doctor but that that's just me yeah you make an inter- interesting point there um i remember speaking to when i was a guest on uh, the doctor who show actually a few weeks ago yeah and uh, uh and chatting to um to rob there uh we spoke about jody's costume very briefly and it's weird mm. that they haven't um that they, ha- that they haven't progressed that at all because out of all the doctors that have you know that have come since 2005 she's probably got the most the most costumey um yeah, out of all of them and we compared mm. her almost to um to Colin Baker's costume where it's not like some of the doctors like with Eccleston it was just the leather coat and the jumper um 
you know, Tennant just had the suit, but with the converse, a little bit quirky. Her one seems to be like the the previous doctors have just been very smartly but quirky dressed, you know, mm. where she's had the most costumey, but they've never really tweaked it or moved it on. She's never had a. So you're right. Seeing her in another costume, it was like, whoa, that looks really cool. Like, why didn't they do that a series yeah. ago? It would have been cool to change it up a bit. And so that that in itself lends into what you were saying about, you know, what you're going to get with Jodie. It's the mm. predictable thing. There were a couple of scenes where she was quite good. That scene in particular was OK. She was quite funny, like we heard in the trailer. Like, are you trying to kill me or what? You know, she's got that, you know, fun she has a good mix of humor sometimes and stuff but for me it's just that she seems to be stuck at 80 percent yeah a lot of the time and you just really want her to go for it and lose her lose her beep and yeah it's like she's i wouldn't say she's holding back because i truly feel like from her point of view from jody's point of view she's probably giving everything into the character you know I, I feel that because I, it's clear that she loves the part. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I think she clearly loves the role and loves playing the Doctor. And yeah, it's it's kind of one of the reasons I feel bad criticising her really because I and I, I've met Jodie. She's absolutely lovely. She's a lovely person. She's always fun in interviews. You know, if you see her on Graham Norton or whatever, she she comes across as such a, a nice person. And you know, anything I say about her performance is nothing against her at all because I think she's you know a really nice person. But yeah, in terms of the Doctor, I just don't feel it from her most of the time, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, we got a little moment between her and Yaz. I thought they were going to have a bit. little... Yeah. In the TARDIS, almost getting, getting a little bit close. I almost expected to see them leaning in before Dan interrupted. But it didn't quite get to that point, but it was there mm. was definitely a moment there, wasn't there? There's longing looks and the Doctor's crying. and So she can feel emotion for that, but she can't feel anything for poor old Graham when he's trying to... <laughs> talk to her about you know cancer but she can feel it yes it would seem yeah and yes was the only person that she gave a nice hug to as well when yeah. she got joined back together i think we, so yeah. is that going to progress in the specials do you think is this going to because um i think this could be leading up to the regeneration i think it's going to be like yes is going to be in bits isn't she when the doctor goes it's all going to yeah. be yeah. Or, or, well i don't know actually depends how she, Depends how the doctor does go, but yeah, but we've got a little moment there and I think that's been sort of, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's been building, but I think I wasn't, I wasn't uh, surprised to see no, that at the same. end. I think yeah. after the hologram scene that we got a few weeks back, I was kind of expecting there to be something like this uh, in the TARDIS for old yeah. Dan boulders in and ruins the moment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, talking of Dan, John Bishop, he had another good episode where he, very quickly as it's probably the most li- the least experienced actor out of the cast yeah um he's done brilliantly throughout the throughout the series he's really just landed on his feet early as the character of dan and he's been very good but again he just didn't really have a lot to do again did he in this no one? I, I it's one of the notes i made actually it's such a shame dan started off so strong and if you think about him in the Sontaran episode, how good he was going around with his walk. And he got so many great moments and good lines of dialogue. Dan's parents, you know, we got, he really started off as a strong character. And very quickly, uh, halfway through the series, he's just been shoved to the back like Graham was. He gets the odd line. But even his performance feels like toned down. Like he just, he's just been pushed into the foreground again, hasn't he? unfortunately yeah a little bit it's the background sorry yeah Yeah, it's a real shame i think because i really like dan from the get-go and i think um 
great potential with him, but hopefully we'll see a bit more from him in the specials. Because um, yeah. the two people that, that stood out for me for this series have been Dan and um, I really liked Professor Jericho, Kevin oh. McNally. So obviously he bit the dust this week. Um, and it was, you know, it's one of the few times in the Chibnall era where I felt something when someone dies. I'm like, oh, not Jericho. But I think he went out in a good scene. It's one of the few scenes I thought was really good where he was like, you know, an awfully big adventure and all that. I just thought, yeah, okay, that's good. That's good performance from Kevin McNally, good character. Um, kind of right that he was killed off because, you know, it, it brought a bit of emotion to the to the episode. And uh, and I'm glad that I cared enough, liked him enough to care when he died. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no offense, yeah. but if that had been Ryan, I'd been probably just like, oh, okay. But I was sad to see Jericho get shot, uh, get blown up. I mean, not shot. Um, they were good performance, but they're the characters I really liked in this series. I thought they were fun and mm. played nice character pieces, if you like. Yeah, it was quite sad when when Eustatius got killed because he's really thrown himself into the companion role, hasn't he? Going on last yeah. episode as well when he's traveling yeah. around the world with Yaz and Dan and he's fully committed. Like he didn't have to do any of that. You know, he's he's seen the the threat that the universe is under, and he's got an inkling into what's happening around. You know, he's just he's been a he's a clued up guy, and he's been a professor all his life, but he's never been exposed to to anything like this until the doctor rocks up and stuff. So, you know, at the drop of a hat, he's you know he's given himself to to try and save the world essentially, save the universe even. So, so that was that for me made it that that was. A, a nice bit of writing from Chibble, Chibnall because yeah. that guy didn't have to do that. He was like, you know, he just did it on autopilot. You know, it's just, it just speaks well of his character. You know, he's straight up for it and, and he's got his hands dirty and he's, and he's done stuff and he nobly went out at the end, you know, with that kind of, right, this is it then, you know, takes yeah. out some one of the Centaurans and, closes his eyes and accepts his fate you know it's it was a really well written end to a character that was just so sad um that that was one of the few characters you felt for mm. when they went just, you know i just liked liked the character i yeah. thought he was yeah very nicely played uh what's up with diane then <laughs> well do you want to go for a drink do you want to go for that drink diane no you you were late oh goodbye <laughs> she's so got a bee in she's her bonnet a, she's not happy as she was yeah she she's thinks poor old dan blown out yeah i couldn't figure out dude if she thinks that dan intentionally stood her up because he even has to explain it to her quickly again he's like look that wasn't my fault i wasn't late he, yeah he's desperate to try and say to her look i wasn't late you've you've seen what i've had to deal with so he's trying to get across say, to her. you'd think she'd be a bit more understanding it's not like she's not seen some of this stuff go on herself she's experienced yeah. all the mayhem you'd think she'd think yeah you know i'll give him a bit of slack he's we've all been through a few things but yeah. no she's yeah she's got a right being the, the bonnet about being stood yeah. up so that's not good i honestly thought that you know everything doesn't have to be a happy ending but i honestly thought that she was going to be like yeah of course you know thank yeah, you a, because of you i'm still here so you know thanks Let's go it's just another coffee. example of like we don't need that character anymore. So goodbye. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. done. You've you've served your purpose for this story, so you're off. We don't need you anymore. You know, and Dan's got to go off traveling, so we can't have Diane, you know, lingering around. Oh, I've got to go back to Yaz as well. Is she still nagging? She's a bit naggy, wasn't she? When the doctor's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, 
I didn't have time. And Jazz is like, well, yeah, let me in. You do, you're shutting me out. And I'm like, oh, Yaz, yeah, please. Shut up, love. Oh, I see, this is another <laughs> character I really wanted to love in this series, but she's, again, she's just, oh, the way she's been written. Um, and I don't dislike Yaz, but she, oh, bit of a ball around the doctor's, ball and <laughs> chain around the doctor's leg, isn't she, at the minute? Mm. You know, she needs to just ease off a bit. The doctor should just be like, High Look. maintenance, I think that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, she's very needy and high maintenance. It's very needy. Bit of a contrast, because in the last, especially in the last series... I think they did push Yaz a bit further in front of yeah. Graham and and um, and uh, what's his name? Ryan. Ryan. Sorry, yeah, they did push yeah. her character in front How of. Did those. you forget Ryan? <laughs> One of the best characters you've had in years. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so they wrote her as a very strong, real, you know, Doctor Who was becoming a real strong female-led cast, which is great. But then in this one, she's gone from being very strong to being really needy and, like you said, high maintenance and just. Borderline just whiny a lot of the time. Well, we used to criticise Rose for this, and I would I would argue she's even more so than Rose, to be honest. Like, Rose would just give a bit of a huff and a look. That, yes, he's proper naggy, mm. you know? I, oh, dude, I've got nothing else on my... I don't want to carry on, to be honest with you. No, because I was going to say, we're probably down to about three listeners now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah that's probably just the guys from uh, the Lost and Gallifrey podcast who, if you want to hear a rant, go and check out their uh, reaction podcast to this episode. It's it's very similar to ours. So, um, yeah, we probably should stop. I Because uh, I haven't... Yeah. Uh, apart from a million questions that have not been answered, I haven't really got anything else to talk about, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. No, I certainly haven't got anything positive, and I don't want to keep running. So. Same, dude. Yeah. Um, have I got anything else notable? No. 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 I haven't even right. written anything about Seagull's music this week. <laughs> I can't even remember it. I think it was good. I can't remember. It was okay, actually. Yeah, his music's been sweet, actually, throughout this yeah. episode. More drifted away from the atmospheric and a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more score when we needed it in terms of action and suspense and stuff. Not too bad at all. Yes. Yeah. All right then, dude, I think it's me to go first. I'm going to give first, this yeah. a five out of 10. Oh, we're on the same page. So am I five. Yeah. Five out of 10. Yeah. It yeah. didn't, I was, I was hoping that might go up on a rewatch, but it didn't, I'm afraid. No, same. Um, I'll save the flux review overall for when we do our overall, hopefully review next week with the guys. Yeah. Um, but this one, yeah, five. Real sort of middle of the road. Uh, I can see what you're trying to do, Chibbers, but you've just you haven't stuck the landing for me. It's just a bunch of stuff that was cut together very quickly with not much, not much of a satisfying ending, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Okie dokie. So a five from each of us. Then what did our awesome listeners think to this one? Then so we've got our audio reviews as always to go through. So let's listen mm. to Lewis Palmer, Joe Turner, Neil Campbell. Toby Coleman, Will Sanger, Martin Arnold, and Sean Picard. This was awful. Truly a terrible conclusion. Flux overall suffers from all the problems that Chris Chibnall's scripts in Series 12 did. The whole thing is overcluttered with 600 different ideas and concepts. The Vanquishers is trying to tie them all up, and it quite simply can't possibly do a satisfying job. Kate Stewart, Joseph Williamson, the Grand Serpent, they're all wasted. Worst of all, the last episode completely switches focus from the Doctor's past with the Vision and the Ravagers, which had been the key plot line to the story, to a story about the Sontarans and the Grand Serpent, which is a secondary plot line, trying to take over the Earth with the Flux. 
Christian can't possibly succeed with the ideas of the vision and the timeless child if he doesn't devote any time and attention to it as he keeps throwing in different ideas. Flux started well but just got worse as time went on. Overall, I'd give it a 4 out of 10. What made Doctor Who work when it returned was that it focused on the drama and it was simple stories that allowed the characters to breathe. It wasn't stuffed to the gills with nonsense um, and plot elements that are only there so that things can resolve. Diane is only captured by the prisoner so she can show how to escape from the prisoner and the prisoner thing is only there so that it can be the, the tool by which the flux is absorbed and defeated after half the universe is destroyed at the cost of all the other uh, people that are inside it. So they've all been killed. It's, it's a cavalier attitude to the character of the Doctor that she's quite happy to just commit genocide like this. Whereas in Genesis Daleks, the Doctor's very character shines through when he simply cannot carry out the actions that Time Wars want him to do. This is, this is why this era has completely and utterly failed. And our reward for all of this is we're going to see more Daleks, because third time's the charm. I mean, I love the Daleks, but do I want to see them every year and every special? Oh dear, oh dear. I, I, I'm, I'm just done with this. Honestly, I, I don't think I can watch any more of this. And I feel I should because I enjoy Doctor Who, and that is what makes me angry. And for that reason, this gets a 0 out of 10. I never want to watch The Flux again. Cheerio. Doctor Who the Vanquishers. Um... I don't know how to feel about this one. I feel a bit underwhelmed, if I'm being perfectly honest. Don't get me wrong, this series has been a, such a big step up. And if only we'd gotten this, something this good sooner, I think it really would have made Jodie's Doctor stand out. But as a series finale, I thought it was lacking. It had too many plot threads to carry out. And it felt like Kate Stewart wasn't even really there. She appeared two or three times and did basically nothing um things I did things I did like was how I loved Jodie's performance especially with time with her being time and I will say Jericho's death was quite touching as was poor Carvalista I can't want to call Sarvan Carvalista whose fate basically species went up in smoke Bell and Vinda finally got reunited uh, Diane was rescued but overall I just feel hollow out of it and I'm, but I'm looking forward to seeing the Daleks back at New Year and overall I'll give this series a solid 7.5 out of 10 see you next time bye how's it going lads so the finale to Doctor Who Flux there were things I liked, there were things I disliked. I'll start with the dislikes. You know my feelings on the Timeless Child Lark. I absolutely hate it with a passion. What's the point in ripping out 60 years of canon to then not even answer it properly? We need answers. You can't just leave something like that. It's just ridiculous. And they should never have touched this in the first place. I didn't like the way Kate Stewart was used. She was only in a handful of scenes. What's the point? I don't like the Vendor and Bell storyline. It's cheesy and absolutely cringeworthy, to be perfectly honest. And... <sighs> With regards to lights, I liked the navy blue coat that Jodie was wearing as Time. And I liked her performance as Time. I thought it was very subdued. 
subtle and empowering. More of that, please, instead of sort of, you know, jumping about trying to be like a female tenth doctor. Sometimes that's too much, in my opinion. Um, I didn't like the way Swarm and Azure was defeated, actually. Um, I thought that was far too easy after they were built up to be such an unstoppable force, supposedly. Um, I did like the visuals. They were very good. I liked Jericho. He got a poignant in, and I think we knew he was going to die, but I thought, always thought he was pretty cool. And I liked the way the Santarans tried to one-up the Daleks and the Cybermen. Didn't work out in the end, but it was a good idea all the same. But I can't look past the timeless Childark, so... I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Overall, The Vanquishers was an immensely underwhelming finale. Firstly, it solves every plot thread in either a really simplistic way or a really rushed way. Flux contained way too many characters, and let's be honest, some of them could have been cut. The pacing was way too quick. We barely had any time to absorb any of the information or react to scenes. In saying that, there was a lot to enjoy and praise. Emotionally, I thought Chibnall did a good job. The death of Jericho was incredibly impactful. He was a fantastic supporting character. Also, when we find out that the Mopari have been massacred, Carver Easter's face says it all. I loved how we get it confirmed he was also a companion. The Diane Vinder team up was very good, however, I feel like they escaped Passenger way too easy, and Diane seemed to grasp um, pretty extraterrestrial ideas far beyond human comprehension with ease. I did like the multi Jody thing, I thought it was a lazy way to cram everything into one episode within the hour's time limit. This entire occupation of Earth was cool, and there were some great shots of them running across the world and their betrayal um, with regards to the Daleks and Cybermen was really cool. The shot of Passenger absorbing the Flux was great, and seeing Vinder and Bell fighting the Santarans was a real punch to the air moment. Lastly, I thought Swarm and Azure were once again pretty pointless, and are a prime example of how Chippenhall struggles to write most of his own creation. So overall, I've enjoyed Flux, however, it could have been executed far better, and if this finale was better, then I think this could have been one of the best series of Doctor Who ever. Thank you. Oh God, we were doing so well. <laughs> um, the end of Flux was, you know, uh, uh, stop being nice, Lewis. Um, I thought this was terrible on every level. Um, uh, just an awful anticlimactic way to end Flux. After six weeks of great build-up, like I really enjoyed this series and I've been set on a high for most of it. This was a mess. This is a complete mess. It's it just ideas rammed together, reset buttons being hit left and right, cop-out endings, characters just being shoved to the side and never heard from again. Um, they've set up Flux as this big dramatic thing that uh, just is that, that hasn't happened. That has not happened at all throughout this. It, it, the status quo is back to normal, which is such a missed opportunity. Um, I can't take anything seriously on it. And the editing was atrocious. If you're going to have three actors played by this, if uh, sorry, three characters played by the same actor, the editing of your episode has to be tight and coherent because that can get confusing real easily. Not <laughs> like it was where you had characters disappearing between shots, the geography of scenes completely just gone. I was so confused what was happening because the editing was just awful. Um, I don't like being negative because I've really enjoyed most of the series and I really enjoyed Chibnall's era for the most part, but this was a mess. So, sorry. See you next time, guys. What did I think overall? It's not the best episode in the series. I think it really let me down. Only because I thought the ending was very... It was just... It was just overall not a good episode. 
early on episodes were good because they were setting up something massive and I thought that was really well done but in this episode we didn't really see much revealed we thought the Doctor was going to find her past from the fog watch so and in the ending she decided she didn't want them her past even though the whole story of Flux was to set up her trying to find out the past I thought the swarm in the zoo died really easily and I thought they were going to be something massive. Overall, I, I thought it was quite disappointing. I, I liked how the Daleks and the Sardinmen and St. Tarlins came back. That was the only good things, I think. But, yeah, it, overall it wasn't a really good episode, I don't think. I'll rate it 6 out of 10, just characters-wise and monsters-wise. Um, but hopefully the New Year special is better because I am relying on that. Thank you. So, yeah, I think the mood's gone down a wee bit, dude, um, hmm. for some people. There's a couple of people that liked it, but again, uh, I've loved listening to Martin Arnold through through this one. He's not... Um, He's not, not a really fan it. at all, no. But no. Uh, thank you guys for taking the time to do your audio reviews. That's much appreciated as always. Over on the socials then, over on Twitter, DSG says, love the latest step. Agree with Bell and Finder theory. Um, we'll add uh, that the wormhole was on Gallifrey, I think. This can keep the whole born on Gallifrey canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, yes. cool, cool. Sam says, entertaining to watch, but the more I dwell on it, the more issues I can find with it. I like some bits, but mostly just left confused. Moffat's timey-wimey plots felt simplistic compared to this finale. Mm. Memory, mystery really should have been wrapped up, though. Five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. it's lingering, isn't it? Yeah, Josh van der, Sluis, van der Sluis says, a very confusing episode uh, from what has been a wishy-washy series that had highs with the angels to lows with the Centaurans. Only good parts were where Bill, Bill was when Bell was involved as that uh, had heart that was unfortunately lacking three out of ten. Uh, Phil Edney says a mashup of the worst of junior fan fiction. <laughs> oh God, Daleks, mm-hmm. Cybermen, Centaurans, and Ood. So much destruction, but no one seems to care or be affected. Exactly. Nonsensical script. Actors who seem to be phoning it in beyond disappointing. No mm. dear. Our writer Jordan says bits of this were really good, and some of it was really bad. I was entertained throughout, but there was just something about it I didn't like. Everything got wrapped up too quickly and neatly. Though it was good to see the Centaurans all, almost come out on top. Uh, but poor Jericho. Yeah, yes. poor Jericho. Doctor Who Home says, I have, I hate to be negative, but all I can say mm-hmm. is what a bloody mess. <laughs> um, uh, what a bloody mess. I love last week's story, but nothing seemed to fit this week. Redundant characters, plot threads with no payoff, dodgy effects. Uh, I'm ambitious, I'll give that. Sorry, it was ambitious. I'll give it that. Uh, and I like the corner store Centauran, but a four out of ten. Mm-hmm. Neil Hammond says, bloody great fun. The big tease with the fob watch, brilliant. Will that ever be resolved? The Centauran and their chocolate fix was hilarious. This entire series has been a joyous journey. The yeah. format of six episodes worked great. Triumph. <laughs> Billy, the men of who, says, simply atrocious on all levels. Writing, directing, acting, everything. I would list all of the things wrong, but there aren't enough characters on Twitter for me to do that. Total dross of a finale, quite possibly Chibnall's worst ever episode, two out of ten. I'm just laughing because I love the word dross. Yes. Dross. Proctor Who podcast. Oh. 
I've only watched it once so far, but found it hugely underwhelming. Exposition overdrive. It's all sound. Yeah. Uh, it's all sound and 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 fury signifying nothing. Mm. No revelations, no twists, no points. Maybe I'll feel differently after a second watch, but so far not good. No. The 51st Doctor says utter garbage. Exposition <laughs> overload. Disappointing three out of ten. Marco Bricks. I do not care who wrote it, which actors were in it, and whether I agree with the ending. I just enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. 75 time distort units out of 100 <laughs> for that reference is for the Geek's Handbag. Oh, yes. Yep. Is that Love a Blake it. 7 thing? Blake 7. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Titan Sci-Fi. It's been fun and filled. Uh, it's been a fun-filled series from start to finish. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, wow. I'd like to see more of Kate in it, though. Maybe in the specials. Yeah, true. Yeah. Rotide. It was great. Left uh, Who fans asking some questions while still providing a satisfactory ending to all the plot lines. Hmm? Chibber's really pulled off some good writing this finale. I'm very pleased. I can't wait to see the saviour, quote-unquote, again. And gives it a very specific 8.53 out of 10. Wow, very specific. Okay. Chippy T, a few plot holes, enemies too easily defeated, some characters criminally underused. I gave it a 6 on the first watch, and then watched it again with the subtitles to catch all the bits I missed, and then gave it an 8. Those folks who do instant reviews really ought to give it a chance. Series is a 7.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, GPT. And lastly, Jessica says, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Lots of action that neatly wrapped up the season. Had to pay attention every second or you missed something, though. A nine out of yeah, ten. That's true. Yeah, blink and you'll miss it. A nine. Thank you very much, Jessica. Over on Facebook, just a few there. Aaron Ball. If Flux could have ended worse, I don't think there was a way. It adds mm. more than answers. Uh, the episode is a complete mess. I lost it and not in a good way. And the Satarians were wasted all over. And I let... And, uh, and a letdown from the series that started off so well. A one out of ten, Aaron. Oh, Aaron, not a fan. Uh, Gordon Hudson just says, quick question, if half the universe has been destroyed by the flux, what next? Question mark. I know, yeah. It Is it still a- destroyed? I don't, well, don't it won't know. be addressed, Gordon. Don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> Forget it. Jeff Waddle says, a wonderful episode that tied up most things and a fitting finale to a wonderful season, one that can easily be binge-watched. Six episodes in a row, I wouldn't score any of them under an eight. You feeling all right, Jeff? Jeff, lovely dude. Well, fair play, dude. If you liked it, no, I'm, yeah. I'm joking. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jeff. Genuinely, Jeff has been very, very critical. It's normally so critical. Yeah, nice one, Jeff. Leslie Shergold, given the absolute state of season eleven and at least half of twelve, saying that this was very possibly my favourite season, leaves me rather bemused. <laughs> the big black mark for me isn't the Swiss cheese plotting, but the <laughs> I love that saying. But that the death of Jericho had uh, had better be corrected at some point. An 8 out of 10. I, I don't think so, sadly. Yes. Uh, our writer, Harry, says the most incomprehensible episode of Doctor Who ever. Mm. Richard Hardman, best season finale since Twice Upon Time. However, Swarm mm. and Azure were dealt with far too easily. Time yeah. is intriguing. Very Buffy, the vampire slayer with the first. I give mm. this episode 7 out of 10. Flux overall, 8 out of 10. I've never seen Buffy, so I don't know. But yeah. okay. Mark Hugill. Just too much going on, flitting all over the place. It wasn't reliant again on exposition. Uh, sorry, it was reliant again on exposition oh, and yeah, on supporting characters, sorting things out to justify them being there. Four out of ten. Wow. Reese Jenkins wasn't amazing. Also a bit of a mess, but rah, but better than the timeless child for sure. Mm, okay, cheers, Reese. Peter Austin, a great episode that was spoilt by the relentless exposition. Uh, nice clean-ish slate now for the festive episode. Then back to more Bell and Vinda for next year. Uh, like uh, it felt like the beginning of the end for 13. Mm, I think we might see Bell and Vinder again. 
get a feeling. Maybe, yeah. And lastly, Charlie Turner says, madness. A good conclusion to the whole story that has uh, that this series had. Now that Flux has finished, I can offer my ratings. And then he goes, Charlie gives us his reviews. Um, yeah, it's quite a long review, so pop over to Facebook to read that. But uh, no middle ground on this one, bud. Either people didn't like it very much at all, so the reviews are like twos and threes and the odd four, mm. or people love it. It's like nines out of tens, eights and nines, so... Yeah, I think we're in the minority, strangely, on this one. I think this is, yeah, this whole series has been like that, hasn't it? But it's just mm. like a total mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. But I want what some of what Jeff Waddle's on. If he could send some over, that would be great. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff's had his Weetabix in the morning when he's watched <laughs> these ones, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okie dokie, dude. So that wraps up our reviews of... Uh, of flux series 13 i think overall it started off well uh we gave it 8.5s eights and 7.5s to begin with and it slowly declined now down to fours and sixes and ended on a five so probably the average score so far for us is probably around a six six and a half mm, that's a shame isn't I it i would say as an average mm. not mathematically accurate but very roughly Mm. yeah okie dokie so next week dude i'm not going to ask you for a review because we were going to do a particular episode but we're going to can that off in light of doing hopefully a bit of a round table with our writing team so we can we can dig into some of the flux bits and pieces a bit more get their opinion on it and that will finish off the year pretty nicely i think yes yeah. sounds good yeah so i think on that note dude let's wrap there for 335 all righty Well, well, well. Fives all round for episode or chapter six of Flux. Chibbers, you started off really well, dude. You did start off well. I'll give you that. And you and you tried. I'll give I'll give him something else. Ambition. He did. I like the ambition. Yes. Yeah. It's really weird because uh, when he wrote Broadchurch, that was like a cliffhanger every week. I couldn't I wait know. for the next week. It was amazing. Like he really nailed that overarching story across the episodes and really kept you in suspense and wanting more and there we go maybe it's just go. not suited to sci-fi I don't know yeah maybe actually yeah yeah probably right yeah so not a great ending I'm sorry uh, dear listener if you felt we've gone on a bit of a rant and been overly negative and stuff but as always if you've listened to our podcast for uh, the years it's been going you will know that we will never fluff our reviews we will never say something's great and we'll praise it if we don't think it is so honesty honesty from the outset that's what we've which always is, done which is why our tickets to the BBC premiere have been revoked as always <laughs> yeah. uh, not having you two there alright yeah every year it's the same well we would have given you a ticket but you've trashed it again so. like the two the two guys in the Muppets Oh, yeah. What do you think of it? Rubbish! Just oh, yeah. the balcony. Get them out! <laughs> uh, that's not too far off the truth for Flux. I but know. Anyways, uh, to listen to more light-hearted episodes of our podcast, make sure you follow us on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. All of the apps are on there for free, as well as the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can listen to f- for free on there link off to all the podcast apps uh, we're on the socials too Instagram, Twitter and Facebook links on the website give us a like and a follow as we chat Doctor Who throughout the week and the free Discord server hop on there 
and chat more Doctor Who with the awesome uh, Who fans over there. And also, remember, as always, check out my co-host over on YouTube, but it's the Geek's Handbag. Lots of cool things. Yes, lots of videos on YouTube and all the socials. Go and do it now. Make a cup of tea and go do and it do now. it. Now. Yes. Uh, so we'll see you next week um, for episode 336 or the round table number, whatever. Mm. But until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe and healthy. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, hey. Hey.